morning, everyone. It's funny having a new deacon. I'm sitting here thinking, I wonder like what Deacon Tom's going to think about our community, and we'll see. Maybe I'll like give like a shorter homily today just to throw him off. Um, today, I want um, I want to talk to you today about mission about the church's mission. And I hope I can kind of articulate this well. Today's gospel should inspire us with joy and hope and freedom. And it did that for me this week as I was praying about it and thinking about what to share with you all. But today I'm just, I hope that does that for you. We need that right now. I want to start the, the, the readings. One avenue a, a preacher could take today is that there, there's a treatment of fear today in our readings. There's in our responsorial psalm, we sang, Blessed are those who fear the Lord. But then in our gospel today, right, the third servant with the two talents, out of fear, he buries the talent that God has given him. Right, which is, a, remember, a talent is a year's, it's a Roman coin. It's one year's wage for the average person in the ancient world. So it's a large amount of money. And the, that third servant today buries his two talents out of fear of the master. And he receives a rebuke. And so today, just very briefly, let me say this. St. Thomas Aquinas, when he talks about this, he distinguishes between a filial fear and philos, right, is the Greek word for a family love. It's, it's, uh, in some ways, it's akin to respect. It's when you love your father, you love him so much, you don't want to disappoint him. That's what our psalm is singing about. Blessed are those who fear the Lord. But there's also, St. Thomas Aquinas says, there's such a thing as servile fear. And that's what the servant has in our gospel today. And that is not a good type of fear. Servile fear has nothing to do with love. It has to do with punishment. And that's not a Christian reality. And today, this is so important, I could give a whole sermon on this. Maybe it'll be like most Sundays, I'll just give two sermons. But servile fear, brothers and sisters, has nothing to do with love of God. It has to do with self-hatred. It mischaricatures who God is. And it paralyzes us. And right now, there are some very loud voices in the church that are spreading servile fear. There's some very loud voices on the internet that are out there writing books that show themselves as Orthodox Catholics And they are spreading fear. That is a huge red flag. If you are listening to someone on the internet or someone on a podcast, if you are listening to someone who fills you with fear, that is a sign that it is not from God. The only type of fear that comes from God is a filial fear. It's a fear that says, Jesus, I love you so much. 
And Lord, I know I'm not perfect, and I know I don't get everything right. But I fear to let you down or to offend you, because I love you. There's certain voices right now, and I'll end on this with this first homily, is that the, uh, sometimes you get the sense, and I, at least I do, some of the voices out there, they will say things that make you feel like, you know, there's probably about four people in heaven. Have you ever felt anyone talk like that? This means yes. This means no. Right? This is unacceptable. Right? I bet you've heard those voices. The gospel of Jesus Christ, gospel is a Greek word that means good news. Good news. The good news of our faith is not a a message of fear. It's a message of freedom and liberation and hope. Okay. Do you remember the Goonies? Right? This means yes. This means no. Let's start over. Let's do this again. Remember the Goonies, right? As, as I often say with many things, if you haven't seen the Goonies, you can't be Catholic, right? Um, and I do have to give, I, was, I should put like a little asterisk around recommendations I make. I was watching a clip preparing for today's homily, and the, the, one of the kids in that movie, the clip I was watching, his name's Mouth, or they call him Mouth, and uh, he says some really inappropriate things, so <laughs> that's my caveat. But anyway, I love that movie. Except for the pirates and the hidden treasure, The Goonies was my childhood. And I just love that movie. It just feels like me growing up, especially when they're on their bikes. But anyway, in The Goonies, there's this great scene. And what's happening is in the community they live in, these kids, the community is being sold, a bunch of the houses, and they're going to build a golf course. And these, these kids are worried. They don't want to give up their home. They love their neighborhood. They love where they've grown up and they don't want to lose their home. And the mother, Mrs. Walsh, there's a scene where she's brought in a woman to help her clean. And what she does is she's working hard. She's got all these cleaning supplies. She's going through the house, making sure everything is perfect and like spotless. And she says, I would really like the house to be clean when they tear it down. I would really like the house to be clean when they tear it down. And it was a great line, and I thought of that today. And I want to speak to you about your Christian life. So oftentimes, what happens with so many of us, today's gospel, Jesus tells a story about a master who is about to leave, and he entrusts what he has to his servants. We're in Matthew 25. We're right. We are in Holy Week. Jesus says this after he has overturned the tables in the temple. We're within Holy Week. Jesus is about to die. The word master in Greek can also be translated Lord. It's Kyrie. There is a Lord who's about to go on a journey And he entrusts what he has to his servants. God trusts human beings. The scandal of Catholicism in so many ways, right? It's not that Jesus has authority. 
It's easy to love him. It's easy to follow someone who is God himself, who is perfect, who has a heart like his. It's a lot harder to believe that he would entrust the church and this world to broken human beings like you and me. But there's a master who's going to go on a journey and he takes what he has and he entrusts it to his servants. And the parable, right, focuses on the master's return. This is a parable about us, brothers and sisters. There's a master who's gone off on a journey. He's entrusted something to us. What are you going to do with what God has entrusted to you? And the point I want to drive at this morning is that for so many Christians, we think, okay, Lord, I love you. And if my Christian life is just about going to heaven, why haven't you just come back? You ever wondered that? It feels a little bit like, well, I'm just cleaning the house again, and at the end, the master's going to return and tear the house down. I was listening this week to NPR. Um, I try to listen to conservative radio and uh, kind of more liberal radio, and I've actually stopped all of it. You know, I've tried to, so I guess I'm lying. I did listen to NPR a little bit this week. But I was listening to a show they have, How They Built This, How I Built This, it's called. And there was someone on there talking about this great company he built. It's called Duolingo. If you don't know about it, it's the second largest kind of company that does um, language learning. And it was so interesting. The guy is brilliant. He did all these amazing things. And he built this amazing company out of nothing. It's a $1.5 billion company now. And I was driving and I thought... You know, if you build something like that and you die and Jesus returns, is that just over with? Is it just that you and I are cleaning house, but someday they're going to tear the house down and we'll just go to heaven? And here's my message for you today, brothers and sisters. In 1 Corinthians 15, St. Paul says this, and if you remember one line from today's homily, this is what I want you to remember. In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, St. Paul says this. He says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Right? The master today gives talents to his servants that they would go out and they would transform the world. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, Knowing, and this is the key line, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Hear that again. Knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Midlife crisis, I always think, is about when people work their tails off. They surrender their lives and we give more of ourselves to things that maybe we shouldn't have given ourselves to. And we wake up one day and we say, what's the point? Right? I've, I've made so much money. I've gotten a nice house, but I never see my family. I'm not any closer to God. And at a certain point, I wonder, is there really a purpose to this? 
Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the, in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. That talent God gave you, when you use the gifts that God has given you, not just to live a normal life and get ahead like anybody else, when you do work that is in the Lord, it is not in vain. If you build people up in this world, brothers and sisters, if you live a life that is rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ, that house will not be torn down. That work will carry into God's new world. And I love this. Today's homily is, you know, we used to, we have sponsorships. Today's homily is sponsored by N.T. Wright. And N.T. Wright transformed my thinking on this a number of years ago. That you and I, it isn't just that, Lord, I have faith and I'm going to try and live a moral life and avoid mortal sin. And then I get to go to heaven someday and that's what it means to be a Christian. And T. Wright transformed my thinking on this. He helped me to see that you and I, God doesn't just take this world, save us out of it and throw this world away. God loves this world. He created it good. And he wants to transform it from the inside out. And being a Christian, your Christian life, means that he invites you to be a part of that. You don't just go to work as a Christian to pay your bills. When you go to work, you are a person of truthfulness, of justice, and of mercy. And you participate in that work where slowly this world is transformed into God's new world. The work that you do in the Lord is not in vain. And N.T. Wright has this great analogy for this. I love this. He says, in God's new world, and only God can bring the new world, right? One, one thing we could get wrong here is we could say, yes, if I just do a good enough job, if my homilies just go 20% longer, then we can make this world what it should be. Only God can do that. There's, there's two extremes. On one end, we could say we can build a world without God. You can't do that. A lot of the modern world, this is a huge problem right now, is that we think we can build a perfect society without God. You can't do that. The other problem would be, well, only God can do it, so therefore, let's just check out. You guys are the check out people, right? I'm just going to like, I'm just going to pray, and I'm not going to see any of the problems in the world, and I'm just going to hope to die and go to heaven for eternity. That's not the Christian attitude either. Here's what N.T. Wright says. He has the analogy of when they're building a cathedral in medieval Europe. He says this, he's the stonemason working on part of a cathedral. The architect already drew up the plans, right? God is the architect. Jesus will transform this world. He will make someday, he will make all things right. He will create a world where all things are right where our souls are set to operate the way they're designed to, where love will reign, where there will be no more hatred or lust or violence or jealousy or selfishness. God will do that. He is the architect. The architect drew up the plans. 
And he passed on instructions to the team of masons, not the group, but stonemasons, right? He passed on instructions to the team of masons as to which stones need carving in what way. God's given you a stone. And he says, I need it cut this way. I need you to be a person of righteousness, a person who loves others, a person who lives the gospel in a world that doesn't know it, and that's your little stone in God's cathedral. The foreman distributes these tasks among the team. One shapes stones for a particular tower or turret. Another carves the delicate pattern that breaks up the otherwise forbidding straight lines. Another works on gargoyles or coats of arms. You guys do gargoyles, coats of arms, all right? <laughs> That'd be kind of fun, carving a gargoyle. Another is making statues of saints or martyrs or kings or queens. He goes on and on, and he talks about how each of those people, they might not know how their work is going to fit in that gorgeous new cathedral, but they know the architect does. You and I, brothers and sisters, we live in this world where there is so much darkness. There is despair. You and I, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says that you and I are called to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. What are you doing with your talent? What are you doing with your talent? Are you just waiting for someday for God to return to take you to heaven? That's not Christianity. The work you do in this life, if you do it in Christ, right, Jesus, the things that I hope to build in this world, I know that when I teach scripture, when I love the poor, when I fight for things to be right, I know that if they're done in you, those things remain. Brothers and sisters, this is the purpose of your life. People come to me all the time and they say, Father Brian, what's, what's God's plan for my life? And I'm like, if it's a guy, I'm like, you need to be a priest. I need help. God told me so, right? No, I don't say that. No, no one will ever come see me again. But people say that all the time. What's my purpose? I'm just this lowly person. I just have a desk job. I'm just a mom who's at home raising my kids. Father Brian, what's God's plan for my life? This is his plan for your life. And I want to leave you, there's three ways you do it. There's three ways that you and I right now, in our ordinary tasks, where we can build for God's future world. The first one is righteousness. When you are out in the world and in your family, right, when other people are taking shortcuts, when they're using other people for their own advantage, you do not do that. As a Christian, you are a person of righteousness, and you have that model where you act as God desires you to act. The second one is beauty and hope. This is huge right now. You do not give in to fear. 
You are not a person of fear. You are a person of hope. You know that whatever the world may bring, Jesus Christ has conquered the world. He has conquered sin and death. You and I are men and women of hope. And we bring hope with us wherever we go. And people who are so scared right now about tomorrow, right, we bring them the hope of God's faithfulness. The third, the third way is evangelization. It's to remind people that God did not make them to have a good career. He did not make them to be excellent in their trade, which is a really good thing if they are. It's a great thing. He made them to love him. That's why God gave us those talents. So Jesus, today, Lord, I want to build that cathedral. But I know that only you can do it. I know that. I know that if I try to build without you, if I try to make human goals and human, I don't know, kind of plans, Lord, I know they will fail. Jesus, I know you'll do it. I know you will bring this new world, that you will redeem the world from the inside out. Lord, I want to be ready for that. I want to build with you. I want to be faithful. Jesus, free me and free everyone here from fear. Lord, we trust in your return that you will come to set all things right. And Lord, while we wait with hope for your return, Jesus, may we be wise with the talents you gave each of us.